We're gonna continue today, and last week we talked about the altar of covenant, how everything flows from the altar of covenant, and we have to go back and revisit the altar of covenant. And success for our life starts at the altar, and it will continue at the altar. Everything is perpetuated by what we give God at the altar, and, and altar building is a lifestyle. You have to be in a habit and in a uh, perpetual motion of building altars. And, you know, sometimes we cry at the altar. Sometimes we repent at the altar. Sometimes we lament at the altar. Sometimes we repent at the altar. But today, I want to focus on another aspect of the altar, and that is this. Sometimes we celebrate at the altar. How many knows that we need to celebrate what God has done for us, and we need to take time to commemorate the victories that God has given us in our life. And I just wanna, wanna say today that uh, we, we've kinda taken some hits the past couple weeks at, in this church, and we've, we're kinda pulling up to the parking lot today, maybe uh, metaphorically speaking, our noses are bloodied and we're tired and we're kinda dragging ourselves in here because it's been a rough couple of weeks. But I wanna encourage us today, today we need to celebrate at the altar. We need to celebrate in God's house because we go from glory to glory and victory to victory. And so I wanna encourage us today to visit the altar of celebration. And we see this altar in Joshua chapter four. And in verse one, it says, it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them saying, take for yourselves 12 stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. And you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. And the verse 20 says this, it says, and those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Then he spoke to the children of Israel saying, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters that the Jordan before you, you had crossed as the Lord your God did the Red Sea which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord forever. There are times when we need to celebrate the wins. There are times when we need to think back on things that God did, and we need to be reminded of what God did. And these stones that they took out, there was 12 stones. As soon as they crossed over the Jordan River, God told Joshua, he said, I want you to take these stones. And many scholars believe that these stones were actually part of an altar. And recently, uh, there was an earth in, in this area, there was an earth, an altar that some uh, archaeologists believe may have been Joshua's altar. Well, that's what they call it, Joshua's altar. And this altar was there to remind the people of the past, that when they encountered it, when they came across it, this was to commemorate when God dried up the Jordan River and we walked into our victory, 
We walked in to freedom. We walked in to the promises of God. And we need altars of celebration in our life. We need to be able to show our kids and our grandkids, this is where I gave my life to God. This is where God answered prayers. This is where God changed some things in my life. And what, what I love by this is, about this story is that, you know, Israel, they could have walked in to the promised land on different routes where they didn't have to cross this river. There, there was, a, a, you know, areas in the south part of the promised land where they could have just walked in without this river. But God says, no, 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 I want you to walk in in grand fashion. I want you to show up and show out when you come into the promised land. Like, I want to show my power. Why? Because a generation had raised up that didn't see the Red Sea. And so God says, I'm gonna do something for them so that they know my power. And when God has us walk into the place he has for us, sometimes he wants us to spike the football. Sometimes he wants us to do the touchdown dance like Deion Sanders. Why? Because he wants us to celebrate because celebration is a core part of our spirituality. You know, what we celebrate reveals what we value and what we esteem. And today we celebrated and we're going to celebrate for a few minutes a wonderful woman. Why? Because we value service. We value faithfulness. We value gifts from God. We need to celebrate today because if you have been blessed by God, it's worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating family. It's worth celebrating the church. It's worth celebrating the cross. Come on, how many came today to celebrate what God has done in your life? And the Old Testament, you know, sometimes we read the Old Testament, we think it's kind of stiff and it's, it's harsh and in some place it's really kind of violent. But, but there's also a lot of partying in the Old Testament. Do you know that? That, that God gave them feasts. God gave them uh, different, uh, we would call them uh, today holidays. There was the Passover and there was the festival unleavened unleavened bread and the offering of first fruits and the festival of weeks, the festival of trumpets, the day of atonement, the festival of tabernacles, and a lot of these festivals that they were to eat and to to uh, party and, and to take off work, and they they were to celebrate what God had done, and they were to remember what God had done. That was the point of these festivals and that it would point them to what God was going to do. It not only reminded them of what God had done, but it was showing them what God was doing in their life right now, and it was to point them to what God would ultimately do in the future. That's why we celebrate. That's why we celebrate is that we need to know, and our kids need to know, the people around us need to know what God did lest we forget, and so we come to the altar of celebration to remember. I, I love Deuteronomy 24.5. If, if you are uh, uh, about to get married, you need to, to print this out and put it on your fridge. It says, when a man has taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war or be charged with any business. He shall be free at home one year and bring happiness to his wife whom he has taken. Somebody needs to celebrate and shout about that. Come on, especially the ladies. 
says he needs to stay home and make her happy for a year. What, what is that saying? You need to celebrate. You need to have an extended honeymoon, and you need to celebrate what God's doing in your life. Not everything in the Old Testament's bad, guys. And it's no accident that the first miracle of Jesus was at a wedding party, and they had ran out of wine. And in that day, when you ran out of wine, it was the only thing they had to drink, and the party stopped. And so Jesus, he steps in and he does a creative miracle. Why? Because he is the God who always extends the party. He's the God that keeps the party going. And he's sending a message in his first miracle that the party's not over, but the party has just started with the arrival of Jesus. And I love what mom just said. I wouldn't turn back for anything. I wouldn't go back to my old life for any amount of money. Why? Because God has given me the greatest life. He's given me the greatest friends. He's given me the greatest family. He's given me the greatest life that I could live. And this life... How many knows it's worth living? How many knows that following Jesus? Come on, I wanna preach to us today. It's always worth it at the altar. And the, the altar isn't just about crying and repenting. It's also about celebrating. And it's also about giving God thanks for what he has done. And you know, our roots as believers... As Pentecostals, we know how to celebrate. You know what Pentecost was? It was a party. It was a celebration. And it's no, in the Old Testament it was that. And it's no accident that God poured out his spirit in a festival. And you know what? Every Sunday should be in here. It should be a party. It should be a celebration. Did we come in today here hurting? Yes. Did we come in today here a little bit bruised? Yes. Did we come in here today and maybe our faith has wavered throughout the week a little bit? Yes. But we came in here one more time to lift up our hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus, for, I wish I had somebody here today that was willing to stand on your feet and celebrate and say, I'm not going to let the enemy take away my right to celebrate. I'm not gonna let life take away the victories. I'm gonna celebrate the wins. I'm gonna celebrate the good things. I wanna honor a woman that's standing back there, Peggy Chapman. I wanna tell you, on the worst week of her life, she can come into the house of God and raise her hands and clap her hands and come to the altar of celebration. Why? Because we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to praise God for. And if she can do that, I wanna tell you, you can do that. You can stand to your feet and say, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna celebrate. Why, because in Jesus, are there bad days? Yes, there's bad days, but the good days outweigh the bad days. The blessings outweigh the challenges. And Pentecost shows us that we come to celebrate. We still party after we come out of the world into the church. We just party for different reasons. The first point I wanna give us today is this. We celebrate what God has done in the past. We celebrate what God has brought us through. And you know, one of the ways that we celebrate is through rituals. I know as, as 
spirit-filled believers, Pentecostals, sometimes we say, we don't do any of that stuff. We don't do that high church stuff. We don't do rituals. Oh, yes, you do. And I thank God because rituals, when done right, are a good thing. And we, we have rituals all a part of our life. You, you ever watch a, a baseball game or football game and you see grown men? You know, somebody in a baseball game will do something simple like put down a bunt. And 30 guys will come over and give him a high five. You know what that is? That's a ritual of celebrating what just happened. And if there's one indictment against the churches, that sometimes I think the world celebrates better than we do. There's times where we need to come in here and we need to celebrate the small wins. We need to give high, win, high fives over the small stuff. We need to give high fives if you showed up today. We need to give high fives if, if you're still here. And so we, we do touchdown dances. We have graduation ceremonies. We have weddings. These are all rituals where we celebrate something that happened. And why would God have them go back to the Jordan and pick up 12 large stones? That took a lot of time and energy. And, and oftentimes, as we talked about last week, what makes an altar an altar is that it's costly. They would have to stop where they were going. And I think that maybe why God had them did this was this. Maybe they were focused on Jericho, which was the next city, the next stop where they would have to go to. And they were focused on that enemy and that awaiting victory. And God says, no, I want you to stop for a moment and I want you to think about what I just did for you. I don't want you to focus on Jericho. I want you to focus on what I have done for you in the past. And I think sometimes we're so quick to forget what God did last and we're thinking about what God's going to do next that we forget to celebrate what he just did. We need to celebrate in the moment. We need to celebrate what he's done in the past. And Jericho happens next. It's gonna happen. The next victory is gonna happen. There's gonna be future victories. But, but, but before we move there, let's celebrate what God has done in the past. Because if you don't think about what God did last, you're not gonna be ready for what he's about to do. You know, rituals, they, they help us to focus on the things that God has done in the past. Why do we have 4th of July? We need to remember our past. Why do we have Memorial Day? We need to remember what happened in the past. Why, why do we celebrate Christmas? We need to remember the past. Why do we celebrate Easter? We need to remember the past. And what do all of those things point to? A great future. They remind us that God's gonna do great things. And our celebration begins at the cross. We sung about it earlier. Not in our power, but it's in the cross. I, I come here today celebrating the cross of Jesus, the victory that it was won, that he overcame the grave. Uh, if you can't find anything to celebrate, if, if life today is tough for you, start with the cross. Celebrate the cross, why? Because every good thing that we have flows through the cross. Come on, is anybody thankful for the blood today? Is anybody thankful for the victory of Calvary? Start with Jesus. And I think sometimes our greatest shortcoming is this. It's not feeling bad enough for our mistakes in the past. It's not celebrating enough of what God has done in our past. Because if the enemy can ever get us to forget what 
God has done in the past. He'll get us to live in fear of the future. But today we celebrate what God's done in the past because we know God is going to, has more of that in the future. That God's gonna give us victory, not only in the past, but today and tomorrow. So every day, I wanna encourage you, every day, find something to celebrate. Every day, go to the altar of celebration. We need to celebrate life with each other. We need to uh, celebrate birthdays like we're going to do today. What we're about to do in a few minutes, how many knows that's holy? That we need to honor, we need to celebrate the wins that God has given us today. And then here's what we do. Here's what celebrating the past does. Sometimes I run out of energy. Sometimes I run out of, of, of faith. Sometimes my, my faith runs low. And when I celebrate what God has done in the past, I'm building up and I'm borrowing energy for the future. I think that's why God had him stop. He said, he said I want you to just to stop for a few days and I want you to put an altar of celebration here because you've got a lot of battles, Israel, going forward. And I want you to stop and I want you to borrow some energy from what just happened. I want you to spike the football. I want you to do a touchdown dance. I want you to light off some fireworks because you're gonna need to be reminded when the battle gets fierce of what God has done in the past. Can someone testify that God has done great things? in your life. The second thing we need to do is we need to celebrate what God is doing in this season. We need to celebrate what God is doing, not only in the past, but right now. And sometimes that's really difficult because sometimes what God is doing right now isn't fully evident. The past is great, but we can't stay there. And in Joshua 3, 5, just before they crossed the Jordan River, the Lord told Joshua this. He said, I want you to consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. He said, I want you to prepare today for what God's going to do tomorrow. And that's why we come to the altar is to prepare ourselves today for what God is going to do tomorrow. Right before God parsed the Jordan River, he says, Joshua, I want you to stop and I want everybody to consecrate themselves because I'm about to do some great things in this season. I want to tell somebody today, it doesn't look like anything's happening in your life right now. It doesn't look like the promotions are coming your way. It doesn't look like the promises are happening. Consecrate yourself. Come to the altar of consecration. Show up day in and day out. That's where the battle is won. I can't control what happens tomorrow, but I can control myself right now. I can consecrate myself today. And there are seasons of life that all are all about preparation for what God's gonna do tomorrow. Because if I'm not the person that God wants me to be today, he can't use me tomorrow. Oh, somebody needs to grab a hold of that. Why am I hurting right now? Well, God's preparing you for tomorrow. God's got some great victories, but you gotta go to the altar of consecration. You've gotta stay in the presence of God. Consecration means going all in and going in day in and day out. 
saying, no one's going to outwork me. No one's going to outpray me. And there is no status quo. Either you're growing or you're going backwards. That's why we gotta stay at the altar of consecration. If you wanna win the game, you've gotta win the practice. And that's why we make an altar. I love this verse in Exodus chapter 33 that tells us about Joshua. And it says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. And when it talks about the tent, it's talking about the presence of God. You see, Joshua spent 40 years in the presence of God. He spent 40 years at the altar of consecration before he entered the altar of celebration. It took 40 years of nobody really knowing about him. Has anybody ever felt like you were in a tent? Nobody saw what you were going through. Nobody saw the preparation you were taking. I wanna tell you, hold on, Joshua. If you stay at the altar of consecration, the altar of celebration's next. And he would be the person that God selected to finish the work that Moses had started. Why? Because he was faithful when nobody else was watching. He stayed at the altar when nobody else knew about it. And God selected him. Why? Because God could trust him to hear his voice. And we have to celebrate and praise God for the wins while we're waiting. We gotta celebrate the wins that nobody else sees. I wanna tell you what a win is. A win is when you remain faithful when you have the chance not to be. I wanna tell you what the win is. The win is when you keep going, when you wanna quit, and maybe no one sees that you wanna quit, but you show up to church anyway. You show up to that Sunday school class anyway. You show up to CR anyway. You serve anyway. That's when you celebrate the wins and you say, God, you gave me the grace for one more day. There is an in-between season. How many has ever been in an in-between season? God's done great things in the past and you know he's gonna do great things in the future, but right now is hard. Right now is an in-between season of difficulty and you just need to stay at the altar because God is going to do what he promised he would do. And here's what I wanna tell young people today. What I wanna tell you is this. Your destiny will be won at the altar. Your future is won at the altar. One of the great rituals we have in this church, you say, we don't have rituals, oh yeah? We have a ritual, and I'm thankful for it, is that as soon as that first uh, worship note, that uh, note of music starts on uh, Sunday morning, people flood this altar. That's a ritual I hope we never get rid of. A ritual I hope we never get rid of is at the end of every service, we open up this altar for people to pray and for people to meet with God. Why? Because that's where the battle is won. Our battle is won at the altar. And that's why we gotta keep coming back to the altar. Are you hurting today? Come back to the altar. Are you in a season of victory? Come back to the altar. Victory is won at the altar. Number three, we've gotta celebrate what God is going to do in the future. We need to praise God like it's already happened. We need to praise God like the victory's already taken place. We need to praise God and celebrate because he's the God who always causes us 
to triumph and to win. I wish somebody believed that in the house today. We need to celebrate today because we don't fight from a position of weakness. We fight from a position of victory. We celebrate because we know the future's been won through the power of the cross. And I wanna tell us today, the losses we've experienced lately, they're wins in the big picture. Our brother Rex today, he's more alive than he's ever been. We need to realize that some of the disappointments and apparent setbacks we've encountered, God's always got something better. God's got something great for our future. And in, in, in the in-between season, I've got to praise him for what he's going to do. He's going to bring souls through these doors to be baptized and filled with his spirit. There's more lives that are going to be healed. There's more buildings that are going to be built. There's greater things. Everybody say greater things. We go from glory to glory. We go from victory to victory. It might hurt in the in-between season, but I'm gonna come back to the altar and I'm gonna celebrate. And I love what 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says. It says, the sting of death is sin, the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what that's saying? That's saying, yes, life is hard. Yes, life is difficult, but God always gives us the victory in the end. And it says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that what? Your labor, it's not in vain in the Lord. I wanna just encourage somebody today. You need to praise God for that thing you've been praying about. And you need to praise him like the prayer's already been answered. You need to praise him like the pieces are in place. You need to praise him for the healing. You need to praise him for whatever you've been seeking the Lord about. Because he's got the answer. He's got the victory. And I love earlier in that chapter in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, we shall be changed. The dead in Christ will rise first. And those who are left shall meet them in the air. And we shall forever be with the Lord. And as the cheesy old saying says, I've read the back of the book and we win. And if you believe that today, I want you to stand on your feet today and give God a shout and celebrate. Come on, I want you to spike the football. I want you to shout like the victory's been won today. I'm here today to celebrate. I'm not gonna stay down in the dumps. I'm not gonna stay defeated. Oh, I wish that somebody would join me in the altar today. I wish somebody would come to the altar of celebration. We're gonna take some time today. We're gonna take some time today and we're gonna celebrate the wins. The devil today would like us to come in here sad and defeated but I'm gonna leave here today encouraged. And I want you, as we sing this, I want you to think of what God's done in the past. I want you to praise him for right now. Maybe you're weak. In your weakness, he's strong. 
I want you to praise him for the future. Praise him that he has greater things. There's more where that came from. There's strength in the house today. There's blessing in the house today. Come on, I, I, wish, I, wish, I wish there was somebody today. I, I give you permission to go on a prayer walk. I give you permission to find somebody and grab them and celebrate with them. Come on, we're gonna sing one more song here today and I give you permission to celebrate. I give you permission to be happy. I give you permission to have the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Come on, let's give him praise right now and let's praise. Let's praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord.